from Revelation chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. This is the Word of God for the people of God. God. Amen. You may be seated. I don't know if you know this or not, but tomorrow there's going to be an eclipse. Some people are going, really? Uh, where? No, I know you all know. Um, a lot of folks uh, getting glasses, approved glasses, and not approved glasses, going to events, not going to events. But almost everybody is aware of it in some sense or another, whether it's historical to them or not. As far as eclipses go, I believe this will be the third one that I've been involved in. Um, Not like I did anything except for just, you know, live, but the third one in my lifetime that I was around. But by far, this is going to be the one that's longest in duration and scope. I've only seen a, a total eclipse last about 10 seconds, 15 seconds on the edge one time, and then the others have been just partials. Uh, but with much press, this has been going on uh, people's radar from all over for more than a year because of the nature of it. And it's the most anticipated event of 2017. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Obviously, most of the country is tuned toward it that's going to be in the region. And those that are coming to the region are making a little bit of traffic logistical nightmares from what they say. I was out and about in Paducah yesterday uh, and I saw a few out-of-town cars, some from um, Graves County, some from Livingston, a couple from Carlisle, and then some from out-of-state, but uh, mostly uh, Kentucky cars. So I don't know how many folks are coming down. They said all the hotel rooms all across the Strip are sold out. That's a lot of business, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So there's something about it this time that people are really drawn to. Some people say it's historical in nature. But with all the talk, a lot of people are thinking that it might mean something more than just an eclipse. Some say it does. Some say it does not. Some say it's just a neat historical event. Some say it's a sign from God. But what do you do when you want to be sure of God's direction in your life? Do you look for an ecliptical moment? Or do you just say, I believe God said this and this is what I'm going to do? There are probably as many answers to that particular question of how you know what God wants for you as there are people listening to this message. I would say even more than that. So how do you know if something is a sign from God or is not? And how do you know if it was a sign from God, what to do? And what it's a sign of? A lot of people wonder these 
things. But I have to share something with you. And I hope you understand that God is real good at what He does. In the N words, we had one several months ago called Names and Numbers. We talked about God putting all the different stars in the universe and very carefully planning them in their orbits and in the orbits around orbits and in the galaxies and how many different stars there were. The number was incredible. But I share this with you because there's these passages in Scripture that I think will really bless your heart. One of them is from Hebrews chapter 11. And it says this in... Uh, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 11. And I think you'll really like this verse because it sets us a good foundation for what I'm going to share with you this morning. And it says... That God has... I'm sorry, it's verse 10. You, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of Your hands. From the beginning, God laid the foundations of our earth, and the heavens are the work of His hands. This is before He created it. He knew what He's going to do with it. What that tells me and should tell you, hopefully, is that God had a plan. He wasn't doing this randomly, throwing it in motion just so it can all sort of happen and He's just going to stand back and watch it. A lot of people think God watches from a distance. God is not watching from a distance. He's involved in His creation, which you and I are. We are a part of God's plan. Now, i got to tell you, God's really good at the details. Really, really good at the details. You see, I've made lots of plans on a lot of different things and events, and there's always been something I've overlooked. The first two drive-ins, I forgot a cord. Each time, it was a different cord. Last night, I finally got all the cords. So I'm happy about that. The details finally worked out, but I didn't get it right the first or second time. I had to uh, make do with what we could, and it still turned out fine. But the cords were the details that I was having trouble with, if you know what I mean. And uh, I say that to you because we can't always foresee the problems that we don't know are going to exist yet. Does that make sense? You and I don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what problems we're going to face, what things we're going to struggle with, or what kind of situations are going to come around in our life. Yet God, get this, but God, before He made any of this, had a plan. And I don't mean he went, well, if I put this here and put that there, maybe this will do this and maybe that will do that. And if I put this over here, all this stuff will kind of work together. That wasn't his plan. His plan was much more detailed. Down to microscopic cells in an opposite direction, magnificational size universe. Every last speck accounted for. How he did that, I don't know, but he had a plan for it to all work together. In Matthew chapter 13, it's really cool. Jesus was speaking in some parables and they were trying to figure out why. And it says that He spoke to the multitude in parables and without a parable did He not speak that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. I will open My mouth in parables. I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. Jesus was teaching 
world foundation secrets to the people who would listen. So when Jesus said something, He was giving us another piece of God's big plan that He was doing when He had the foundation of the world laid out. I think that's awesome. And you know what I think is even more awesome? And I'm hopping Scriptures today and I'll tell them to you as we go along. The next one's out of Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. It said, and this is Paul writing, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, listen to this, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Places. We're not talking eternity, paradise. Places. There's blessings in heavens. <laughs> There's places in heaven God has blessed us from to know certain things, in other words. And just as He chose us in Him, He chose us in Christ, this is Ephesians, not me, before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Mm -hmm. That He has called us before we were created and before the world was made. Not only that, if you look real closely, Jesus was expected. You look in Revelation, it says, worthy is the Lamb who was slain, who was slain from the foundation of the earth. Now we, we go, no, how could it, it, it happen 2,000 years ago? The earth was found before that. Because the plan put it in place. God's plan started way before any of this was here. And He knew how things would be. He was very, very good at what He does. And for you or I to fathom what all this means and how it all puts together and why, I don't think we could. They say, and um, it's trackable through stars and movements, that you can take a picture of the sky at any point in history, forward or backward in time, as far as you want to go. And they did this, and they went back about... 1990 years ago, maybe about that time, to look to see if there were any constellations in the sky somewhere in the Middle East that would give these astrologers or wise men or whatever you want to call them, but from the East, a large, bright, glowing constellation that would witness the birth of a Messiah. And they went back and they found three particular stars that merged together as one for a short period of time, and only at that time in all of history did they ever merge. They went back as far as they could and forward as far as they could. There's only one time that this happened, and it was at that time. It said in Scripture, there will be a sign, a star shall lead them. It says that in Scripture. Now, Scripture said that by the utterance of a prophet. Hundreds of years before it happened. But God had a plan in place from the foundation of the earth that those stars would spin and they would be there at that time for that moment only. He had a plan from the foundation. He knew what He was doing. He's in the details. That's amazing to me. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22, the Apostle Paul says this, and I really like this. It says, and you may have heard this verse before, the Jews request a sign from God and the Greeks want something for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews, it's a stumbling block and to the Greeks, foolishness. But to those of us who are called, both Jew and Greek, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. He is the power of God and God's knowledge to us. We see God in Christ. The Jews sought a sign. They wanted proof of a Messiah or proof of God's work. But let me tell you what happened with the Jewish people and you read the story after story. A sign from God was the ten plagues. They were freed from Egyptian bondage to go to the Red Sea and be captured, so it seemed, by an impending army and obstacles on all sides. And they complained. And God said through Moses, you will never see them again after this day. And God parted the Red Sea and they went across on dry ground. The Egyptian army tried and they all died in the ensuing torrent of water. That was a sign, was it not? Or was it a miracle? Your pick. I believe they took it as a miracle because now all of a sudden, a few years later, in the wilderness are grumbling again. Well, God doesn't care. If that's not a sign that God cares to get them out of bondage through the Red Sea, what it is? What's it going to take for them to see that God cares? That God is a God of deliverance? That He had this in mind from the foundation of the universe? Not just the foundation of the world. That He planned it all out. He knew what He was doing. Oh, but you say, you know, that was then. You know, we can't prove it. Some people say the Red Sea was three inches of water. Well, that's an even greater miracle to see the Pharaoh army ground in three inches of water. <laughs> Be unable to cross like that. Wow. <laughs> There's some way, somehow or another, you got to figure that those signs are either signs or the miracles. Miracles can be dismissed, signs cannot. Now it says Greeks seek wisdom. That means they want knowledge of it. They want to understand it. To pursue knowledge and, and be, uh, shall we say, enlightened. Or aware. And when they're aware of something, then they can act on it because they're wiser than those around them. <coughs> And yet, in our country, do we not value education? And don't we look for reasons and signs to do something and confirmation of them? Sure we do. So we see both. And guess what? We have an education system in this country that can get you all the way from uh, kindergarten to uh, jurist doctors. You can get education. Libraries, online, all that stuff. You can be as smart as you want to be and still get more information out there. Every day there's more and more information online or elsewhere. And yet, a sign is around. An eclipse could be your sign. If you're looking for an eclipse to prove that there's a God, tomorrow's your day. If you say, no, I was waiting for a lunar eclipse, you get them every year. You have your sign if you're looking for that one, Okay. What are you looking for? For God to show you that He cares about you. What is the foundation He's laid in place that's going to get you at the right time to show you He loves you? 
That you matter to Him. And He has a plan for you, for this world, and for your life. We're talking about plans for over a year now. And uh, we're still going because God has a plan for you. And you just need to be reminded of that this morning. In the bulletin, if you saw it, I don't know if you saw it, but there's some signs in there. I'm not asking you to pull it out and look at it. There's a bunch of different road signs I found and made that graphic. It's... um, I'm not telling you to go guess what they all are, but there are a bunch of them. And that's not all the road signs. There they are on the screen. You can see them. There's several signs there. Some of those we probably won't see much, like that circular one near the top left. But I will say this, that those aren't the only signs that are made. There are literally thousands of signs polluting our visual environment every single day. A label on a product is a sign of what's inside. Mm -hmm. If you didn't have that on your prescription, you would be in probable big trouble. There are many kinds of signs. There are astrological signs. There are lunar signs. There are signs of miraculous uh, happenings. There are signs that are considered reminders. There are signs that are considered direct confirmation of something. Other signs that are indirect confirmation. Still others are uh, a directional sign. For example, if you've ever walked a trail, and I'm not sure if I'm still on the trail, and then all of a sudden there's a sign that says, you've come this far, you're still on the trail. Mm -hmm. It lets you know you're still on the path. There's signs that give you information as well. And all of these signs God can use to speak to whoever needs to hear in that particular way. Think about that for a second. That God has as many signs as is needed for each one in this room to hear it the right way. Whether it's a song that comes on the radio, someone who says, I've been praying for you. I don't know what's going on, but I really want to bless you today. God has a way to speak to you to tell you He's there. One sign or another, God's trying to use to get your attention. Maybe today is your day to believe a sign. Maybe this message is your sign and you needed it this way. And there are three actions that you can make or reactions to a sign. The first one is you question it. The second one is you consider it. The third one is you believe it. By question, you end up with dismissing or accepting. By considering it, you're trying to figure out if it was a sign, wasn't a sign, what's it mean, and all this other stuff. We kind of like want to overthink things. And the believing it is where you accept it at face value that it is what it's supposed to be. Whether or not that's true or not, you accept it at face value that this is a sign. In Scripture, there are so many different people who received signs. I could pull out many, but I've only selected two. One of them is a man named Gideon. God told him to attack an army that was much bigger than his. And Gideon said, forgive me God, but I need a sign. And he told God what the sign was to be. He took a fleece, if you remember the story, and he set it outside. And he said, God... If you really want me to attack these folks, 
keep the fleece dry and the rest of the ground wet. Now dew hits everything, right? So, so he said, do that. So the next morning the ground was soaked and the fleece was dry. And he said, well, i got to question that. Not real sure, because this is still a pretty daunting task you want me to do, God. I need more confirmation. Forgive me, God, he says, but one more time. Tomorrow, I set the fleece out again, and if you want me to go, make the fleece wet and the rest of the ground dry. The other way. Gets up the next morning and wrings out like 20 gallons out of a little bit of fleece. And the rest of the ground is dry. And he says, okay, God, I've got the confirmation, we'll do it. That was his sign of fleece. Sometimes we say putting a fleece out for God. Whatever it takes, God was willing to do to show Gideon, I want you to do this. But Gideon, understand Gideon's attitude toward God. This is the one we need to have. God, I believe you sent me. Forgive me for questioning, but this is a big task and I don't want to mishear it. And I also don't want to jump into this thing haphazardlessly thinking I've heard you correctly. So let me make sure I've got this right. 100,000 men, and we're going to take 300. I've got to make sure you're right. <laughs> Doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> but let me check to make sure this is really you because this sounds like a suicide wash. <laughs> and God confirmed it. And guess... I guess if you've read the story, the Gideons now pass out Bibles because of Gideon. Not because Gideon lost, but because Gideon believed God at His Word. But he put a fleece. He wanted the sign. The second one I want to share with you, and, and by the way, Gideon's sign was direct and miraculous confirmation. Not indirect. Not a reminder. It wasn't lunar, and it certainly wasn't astrological. The second I want to share with you is a sign that the Israelites made. The story goes that they were getting ready to go into the promised land and take on Jericho. But they were still in the land that wasn't promised to them. And they were going to cross over the Jordan River the next day to go into that land. At the time, the Jordan River was flooded. And so, what God said to Joshua is, Today I set you up as leader of this people, and today, today, I roll the reproach of Egypt off your back. Now hear this, that's important for this sign. So they get up, and the priests lead the Ark of the Covenant to the flooded Jordan River, and they're about to put their foot down, it's still flooded, and the Ark drops, we got a problem. Priests are dead, nobody can pick up the Ark, Israelites are stuck. But as soon as their feet, the heel of their feet touches the water, they've committed that step of faith into the water's edge. The Jordan River spreads wide. And for a second time, they go across this river that was flooded on dry ground. Before they're done, they take 24 stones. They take 12 and build an altar, a monument in the middle of the Jordan River. And they take 12 to the other side to Gilgal. 
and they make a 12-stone monument there as a sign to future generations. And when it was asked, why are we putting these 12 stones here, one for each tribe, Joshua said this, let this be a reminder to you and to every generation that on this day, God washed away the reproach of Egypt off your back and gave you the promised land. Let it be a sign unto you and for the future generations. That's a reminder sign. That's a good sign. We need something that connects us to the promise and power of God that was created at the foundation of the earth. And this is what happened that day. They built a reminder sign. Now that's pretty awesome, isn't it? I like those kind of signs. My wife will testify. She gets rocks for me, I keep them. I get rocks for myself, I keep them because they have connection to something. They remind me. They're signs to me of an event that was bigger than what I could make it to be. Reminds me of God. What's your sign? And I don't mean astrological. What sign do you need? What proof from God are you requesting that you can't seem to get? Jesus was talking about a generation of people who were wanting a sign. And it's interesting what he says when they ask him for a sign. Remember he said the Jews seek a sign? Well, he's speaking to a group of them. And in Luke chapter 11, the story unfolds like this. I'm in the wrong chapter. Now I'm in 11. The crowds were gathered together and he began to say, this is an evil generation. It seeks a sign. Doesn't trust God at His Word. It seeks a sign. And he says, no sign is going to be given to it except the sign of Jonah the prophet. Now, seeking a sign, he was speaking to the generation that was going to crucify Jesus Christ. That generation. He's not meaning the age that Jesus ushered in with His birth. He means that generation. And He said, this generation is evil and seeks a sign. But the only sign going to be given to that generation was of Jonah. And Jonah the prophet, He says, for as Jonah came as a sign to the Ninevites to repent, so also the Son of Man will be to this generation as a sign to repent. The men of Nineveh, Nineveh excuse me, will rise up in judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and indeed a greater than Jonah is here. And they do not believe that. Now I share that with you because the sign of Jonah is he's in the belly of the whale three days and three nights. Jesus is in the ground three days and three nights. It is according to the sign of Jonah that they will be given to that generation is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the only sign God's going to give them. Take it or leave it. He's just so giving us that one too. We get that one as well. 
is here for us as well, the resurrection of Christ Jesus. But how do you know what sign is the right sign? Is that really the sign for you that the resurrection of Jesus in the Scriptures is all you need to know that God has a plan for you and cares for you? Absolutely, it's enough. But for some of us, we need confirmation that God really, really speaks to us, cares about us particularly, and that we're not just caught up in the generic generalization of Christ dying once for everybody. Is it for me personally? Does it matter to God that I'm here? Does He love me? In that great foundation of the earth, was I in His thoughts? I'm going to tell you the answer to that question is a very much an absolutely yes, it was. You were in His thoughts. All of us were. Unfathomable as it may seem, He knew you before you were created. And He was excited. And some people say, well, how do I know whether this is true? And how do I know what God wants me to do? Well, some say, pray. Ask others. Find confirmation in a group of people. Look for the Scripture. Ask God for confirmation of these different things. But I have to tell you something. In Luke chapter 18, there's a story that gave me a real good insight into what God's trying to tell us this morning. It's the story of the rich young ruler. And it says a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that's God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And the young man said, All these things I have kept from my youth. And Jesus heard these things. He said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow Me. Very practical, easy to follow advice. Yes? Very tangible. Sell what you got. Give it to the poor. Find Me and follow Me. When the man heard this, he became very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And Scripture says that he walked away, and while he did so, Jesus loved him. Now you say, wait a minute. Where's the sign in that? There are two. Number one, Jesus directly speaking to him is a sign God wants you to do it, okay? If you heard from God directly, that's a good sign. A spoken word from God is a sign. It is confirmation directly from the mouth of God to this man for what he could do to inherit eternal life. Upon hearing that, if you were asking Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And He said to you today, sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and follow Me. Would you go, how do I follow you? Tell me that. What should I do to follow you? Do I move to another country? Do I be a missionary? Are you going to say, okay. Are you going to say, that's a lot of stuff. It's going to take a while. Let me figure out who I can sell it to. You know, uh, eBay. What, what do you want me to use, God? Do you understand all these questions that pop up in our head, right? Well, this guy walks away sad because he's rich. And I thought 
that he just asked for what he must do to get eternal life. If he wants eternal life, and he has a lot of wealth in this world, what does the wealth of this world have to do with eternal life? He's not going to have it there. So, if you could get rid of all the stuff you have now to have forever with Jesus, so doesn't it sound like a good deal? Here he is, straight from the mouth of God. Do this, and you got it. And here's the sign that we miss in this story. The young man's sign was, I really don't want eternal life. I want what I have now. I really don't want God's way. His sign was, I don't want God. He gave Jesus a sign in return by walking away. That's a sign back to Him saying, I reject. And to Jesus' confirmation that the young man didn't want Him. So there's another sign going on, isn't there? And when He walks away sorrowful, rather than full... You mean that's all i got to do is get rid of all this stuff? Then i got eternal life? Are you kidding me? That's easy! Unless that stuff means something to you. And it's valuable to you. And you have a high... Uh, Identity with it, then it becomes harder, doesn't it? Sure, it does. And this young man, young as he was, hadn't let go, hadn't yet grasped the hold of the spiritual principles. And I'll give you a little clue to this text. Jesus only asked him about the commandments that deal with relationships with others, not the first five that deal with his relationship with God. Never asked him about those. Never. And the question I have for you this morning is, what do you need from God to follow Him 100% of your life? What kind of proof do you want? What kind of sign are you looking for? Maybe you're questioning whether or not the foundation of the earth was enough time for God to figure out that you could do it the way you need it and He got it in place at the right time. And maybe today is that right time. The young man walking away is a sign. Us rejecting Christ would be a sign too. It's a sign that we would rather have what we have right now than a deeper relationship which Jesus provides. In Genesis chapter 1, I've re- I don't know about y'all, but when I read a book, I usually start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I've started Genesis lots of times. Mm-hmm. I've read chapter 1. I don't know how many times I've read this chapter. Creation stuff. I even started writing a short, a long story about the first four or five days of creation. And um, they put a new verse in there. <laughs> and well, actually, just a couple of words in the verse that I, that I, that I missed. <laughs> and, and you've gone, well, that's been in there the whole time. Well, maybe it has, but I didn't see it. At least I didn't see it in the context of what we're talking about this morning. It's in the creation. Genesis 1.14. It says, God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens. Stars, sun, moon. To divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons for days and years and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Do not miss... 
the things that the stars and the sun and the moon are for. I'm going to give them in random order so you'll catch how I missed it. It says they are for seasons. To tell the seasons. To tell the day. Well, you know, sun sets, sun rises, obviously, day. For nights. For uh, years. That God set up the yearly cycle of the earth around the sun. And for his fall, spring, winter, summer. It says he also had them for lights to give light to the earth. Sun by day, most of the time, except for a couple of minutes tomorrow. And the moon and stars by night. God set that up that they would be a luminary for us. And the other thing he says that they're for were for signs. Not a sign. Signs. Signs. The Bethlehem star. A sign. That's one sign. This is plural. God is using the heavens to give signs of what He's doing. Now, some folks have taken Romans, uh, Revelation chapter 12 and run with it. And I'm going to share with you just a little bit about what folks are saying right now. Why? Because I'd be amiss not to tell you and it'd be true. And I'd be amiss to tell you that it might not be true. That what they're saying now. If you remember, I started with now a great sign appeared in heaven. That means in the stars. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, on her head a garland of twelve stars. This particular thing they're referring to According to uh, folks who are doing the uh, end of times things, is Virgo constellation. But they had a problem because nowhere in the constellation which is above her head are there twelve stars. There's only nine. And the nine stars create Leo, the lion constellation. Mm-hmm. And so they said, "Well, this this just can't happen." So years ago, like I said, you can track all this stuff. They went back and looked to see if there's any time whatsoever that there was ever 12 stars above this constellation. And there were not. They went as far as they could in the future. They could not find any date whatsoever when that would ever happen. So they checked now. And on September 23rd this year, there will be three stars come into a line that there will be 12. So they see this is a sign. Right? But the, the text goes on and says that, that being with child should cry out and labor and in pain to give birth. And this child they're seeing is a planet Jupiter, which is referring to the child's name in this passage. And for the last nine months, actually eight months, Jupiter has been inside of the constellation of Andromeda's midsection. On September 23rd, it moves out. Downward, out of the midsection like giving birth to Jupiter. So they say this is the sign. But then they tell you five different things that this is a sign of. 
They talk about all sorts of crazy stuff. A hidden planet that's supposed to come around on that day that nobody knows about because NASA's keeping it secret, apparently even from the USSR. Or Soviet Union, I should say. So, all this stuff they're talking about, and they're saying that this is going to be the tribulation and end of times and all this horrible stuff because this is what's going to happen. But they overlook one thing. Because we get a sign doesn't mean it means what we think it means. It doesn't mean there's a planet that all of a sudden at dark 30 tomorrow afternoon that when the sun is completely blocked, we'll see it. This is what they're saying. Kind of ridiculous, isn't it? That when the sun's blocked, because the sun's so bright, it blocks the planet's view is what they're saying. They say when you look at the eclipse, you're going to see a planet over there coming closer. And that's the one that's going to do it all. I have to tell you, I think that's kind of nuts. That's way out there for me. But I will tell you this. That God has an idea. And He has a plan. And if it's a sign of something, it's a sign of what God wants it to mean, not what people tell us it ought to mean. That God gives confirmation in the seasons, the times. All those things must line up. Now, of course, they add a little bit more to the story. They say in 1967, when Israel became a state at the end of the Six-Day War, 50 years later, which is a generation, would pass, and then all this would begin to take place. It just happens to be this year. And they talk about all the different events that line up with the day of that uh, agreement back in 67. And they talk about all these things that line up perfectly on uh, centuries of days, like 5,200 days, 2,700 days, all these things. And September 23rd is another one of those days with two zeros at the end of since that event. So they're all worked up about it. Trying to tell you doomsday. But I'm here to tell you something. You don't need a sign to know you need Jesus. If it's going to happen or not going to happen, there should be no change in your life. It should already be lined up with God already. You don't need to start praying up and worry about telling other people if you haven't done it now, why not? This should not change a thing of what you're doing unless you haven't been doing what God asked you to do. The only thing a sign confirms is that your wick needs to be ready and trimmed and your oil full at all times. Not just because people are saying this stuff and then when it's over, oh good, I can relax again and do what I want. But people are using this to heighten awareness. But if it heightens your awareness that God is really loves you and cares for you, so be it. This is your sign. It's a reminder to you that you need to be living for Jesus Christ in relationship, close every single day, telling everybody you know about Him, regardless of consequence. A lot of folks go, that's kind of hard. Not if it's a relationship with Jesus Christ you're after, but if you're after public approval, it's tough. If you're after whether people are going to like you or not, it might be tough. But I'd rather be loved by God and Him find me well done, good and faithful servant in the world to say, you know, you didn't offend us. If you need a sign, here's your sign. Take the eclipse and use that. If you need words from God, use this message today, right now. If you need sign, use September 23rd and use Jupiter passing out of Andromeda. If that's what you need... But do it now. 
Don't wait till the 23rd of September and wish me a happy birthday as the world goes to haywire. Yeah, I thought that was funny too. When they said that the end of the world is on my birthday. I thought, geez, what, what to be known for? And I tell you, all this stuff, people just tempted to make you believe it and not believe it. I'm going to look up through those glasses, but you know what? They're so dark you won't be able to see anything around the sun. That's right. And you barely be able to see this, the rays around it because they're really dark glasses. I've looked through them. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling you one thing for certain. You don't need a sign. You need to trust that God had the plan already. And he knows what He's doing. We've talked about it over and over in the plans. Jeremiah 29.11 I know the plans I have for you to give you hope in the future. To prosper you. God knows what He's doing. He's got the plan. Trust it. I'm going to ask you again. What do you need to see, hear, or witness to believe this is true? What are your requirements? Because many have seen and heard like the rich young ruler and either didn't believe or lost faith again. In my opinion, and take it for about what a nickel's worth, the astrological signs for September are the closest thing to a real confirmation that I've ever seen in the heavens. But for what I don't know, I have no idea. Other than the fact it's a sign for something. However, there is one sign I do know and I can share with you. And I have no question about this one. God is here. Amen. He loves you. He has a plan for your life to give you hope, to restore what's been broken, to repair the years that the locusts have eaten, to find favor and acceptable year of God that while it's still today, to call on Him while He may be found. Not thinking, well, if this doesn't work tomorrow or September or whatever, then maybe, uh, maybe I still got more time. But the time is always right right now. God is here now. This message is confirmation that you need Jesus. And who knows, tomorrow may be too late. Why take the chance and risk it? What are you waiting for? Seriously, what are you waiting for? Trust Him now. Follow Him now. Fully 100%. And don't be like the rich young ruler. My sign was in 1980 when Jesus Christ bought me. And I knew it. I've never questioned it since. I know that I know. And it was my confirmation in 2012 when I was getting the process of coming here. I know that I know. God works in too many ways. And I also know this. And don't ask me how I know because I wasn't there. But before all time began, God saw it. And put it in place so that it happened just that way. He's in the details. He knows. 
He's very concerned about what's going on in your life and in this world. And He cares about what's happening with all the racial tension and hate stuff going on and the nuclear stuff. He's very, very concerned. But He's got a plan. It can't thwart His plan. He's got it set up to work. He already knew this was going to happen. Do you trust Him today? And if not, why not? These are the questions you must answer for yourself. I can only present them to you. My answer for you would be to believe all of you with the way. Seriously. What are you waiting for? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we drive on the road and stop signs are there and we call them California stops. We roll right through them real slow. We say if there's no cop, no have to stop. Find ways to get around the law. Find ways to ignore signs all around us every day. One way, God, I am going one way. Maybe the wrong way, but I am going one way. Oh, there's a detour. Well, that's someone else's detour. Oh, it's a, it's a stoplight ahead. Well, Lord, I'll try and get to it before it turns yellow. I'll do whatever I have to, God. As long as I don't have to do it any other way than the way I want to. Lord, we've been wired so long, so wrong. And I'm asking you today that you start to wire us right. And when we see a sign from you and hear from you, that we don't go, well, what's this all about? Is this really you? But say, God, let me get closer to you. And you just show me the next step. I don't have to know the answers. I don't have to know what you want me to do. I just have to know that you love me. That's all that matters, Heavenly Father, no longer is that you love us and that you can bring us through whatever it is. And I know this, Heavenly Father, because without you, we come to nothing and are nothing. But in you, all things are possible. And the strength for all things is near. So I'm asking you this morning, Heavenly Father, that whoever needed to hear this message, if it's their sign and confirmation, may they embrace it with all that they are and embrace you with all that they can. Heavenly Father, it is my prayer this day that we have seen the signs and know what they mean. Amen.